And now, and now, and now, now. Item. item, 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 item with Tommy Lee. Item with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Item number fifty-three. I'm Tommy Lee. This is the Item Podcast. That's Brad King. This is the Item Podcast. Hello. Uh, the item is usually published every Thursday and is part of Optin On Demand. It's also found on AudioBoom.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Player.fm. Please look for the Item Podcast on Facebook and send your friends there, especially this week, as we'd love to have you join the conversation as we pay tribute to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Uh, This week, we're crossing over with Brad King's podcast from Optin, which is called Let Me Ask You a Question. Uh, You should look for that one, too, obviously. Uh, This is all because last Friday, Brad and I, who worked together here at Planet Radio, discovered online that it was the 20th anniversary of the premiere episode of one of our favorite shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Yeah, we're we're like a week behind on this, but that's okay. Yeah, we discovered that we were both <laughs> big fans of the show, and that was when we hatched this plan to devote uh, a week of our podcasts to this very strange late 90s, early aughts TV program. Yeah, this is a, like a, a kind of an epic, you know, like Buffy Angel crossover event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so here are a few items regarding Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you're a fan, maybe you can relate to some of them. I got some uh, contributions from my wife and daughter who are also into the show. Excellent. That I'll be throwing in. Uh, So please check out the Item Podcast on Facebook if you'd like to respond and continue this conversation. I know we would all enjoy that very much. Item. Okay, the premise of the show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is great. It's the blonde damsel, but she's not in distress. She's actually the one hunting down the monsters instead of the other way around. But it always seemed to me that there was one particular stereotype about the show, and it's a weird one. To me, and you may disagree with me on this, Buffy is kind of boring and irritating when she's getting regular sex. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Her time with Angel, her time with Finn, her time with Spike. Uh, when she's getting her world rocked regularly, her brain, function to, uh, brain functions and decision-making processes seem to dip a little bit lower than they did during that freshman year of college episode when she discovered beer. Oh, beer bad. Beer which, bad. Which is universally considered the worst episode of the series. It really is. <laughs> uh, basically, whenever whenever Buffy had a steady bow, uh, she seemed to retreat into the love-struck, helpless, girly mode and started making really stupid decisions. But to me, that was the only time she was ever really annoying when she was getting her toes curled on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, my daughter, by the way, a fellow devotee, disagrees and thinks that I take that way out of context. Your thoughts? Uh, I will say this is a very interesting place to start. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, with Angel, you know, obviously they only they only did it once. Right, and when and, they did, it was... Well, but it made things very interesting. A really bad idea for uh, her yeah. overall, yeah. Yeah, because then, you know, Angel lost his soul, and, and he became the big bad for season two. Right. Um, Which was fantastic. Yes. And, and it, you know, again, it was the obvious, and it seems obvious now in retrospect, but, you know, at the time it was, it, it, I thought that episode and that moment really kind of crystallized Joss Whedon, the creator's vision overall exactly. of the, you know, this is the entire series is an allegory for being a teenager, for going through high school, you know, growing up, all that stuff, because the whole angel situation you know, was a very obvious allegory for, oh, you sleep with a guy, and then the next morning yeah. he's he's changed. An older guy, no less. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Finn, you know, yeah, Finn was just boring Finn in was, general. Finn was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Finn. Uh, the whole I, I, military story at, the, at uh, what was it, UC 
Sunnydale because yeah. that's where you want to build a college campus at a town that's got that murder rate. But <laughs> that, yeah, that's that, that's another issue too. That why why didn't everybody just pack up and move? Why, exactly. Why didn't they just abandon? Why that did town? people keep going to the bronze? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, Finn. I mean, yeah, Finn himself was was. Pretty boring. I, I I never really cared for Finn as her boyfriend. And the Spike relationship was just disturbing. It was <sighs> it was negative with negative trying to make a positive. Yeah, this the Spike thing with in season six is all about violence. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's season six has a lot of problems. It's a flawed yeah. season. You yeah, know, but it's there's got a lot some of great moments. Yes, there's a lot of great things that go on there. And with Spike, see, I'm. And and this is something that, you know, we can get into and and my episode was one of the things I was gonna ask you, but I always really liked Spike, despite yeah. you know, against and I think a lot of people are like that, against you know, we know we shouldn't, that yeah. Spike is a monster, he is a bad guy, he you know, but there was something there about him, and I think that's kind of what you know was going on in season six. It, it was a lot of Again, Joss had, I think, was hearing this from the fans. You know, oh, they, you know, they wanted Spike and Buffy to get together. Right. And so by season six, Joss went, okay, you want that? Here, let me show Here you what is. it's like. Yeah. And, and be let me careful sh- what you wish for. Right. Let me show you what it's like to be with the bad boy. You know, oh, the mm-hmm. bad boy's so cool. Okay, well, here's what it is. It's very violent. It is very aggressive. There's not a lot of tenderness and actual caring and love there. And it obviously culminated then in... The, I think the second to last episode yeah. of of season six, you yes. know, with the attempted rape in in Buffy's bathroom, you know, which was that was the moment where everyone was like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe Spike isn't cool. But then obviously then he redeems himself, you know, at the end of that season and in season seven by actually going through this entire torture process to get his soul back. Yeah, going through Un- the motions, as it were. Right. Unlike Angel, who, you know, got his soul back or lost his soul. No, he had a soul when he's good. He yeah, lost, then soul lost it back. and then, yeah. You know, but him, it was just, it was a magic spell. It was a curse. Yeah. You know, where Spike actually sought that out and went through the the rigors and the pain and the torture to receive to prove himself to Buffy. And I think in a way, um, we also kind of saw the other side of that coin, the negative relationship between male and female with the with the roles reversed. And it was only for one episode, but when we saw Xander end up with Faith. Oh, the Zeppo. Yeah, the Zeppo. Yeah. Because <laughs> because Faith just just completely demolished him emotionally. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Which was weird, and but and that was again, and especially you know for at that time, you know when you're when you're that age, there is I think a, something for for guys and girls about this whole the bad boy the bad girl thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that you know I not uh, <laughs> you know skilled <laughs> enough in psychology to try and explain that, right? But, nor am I. But yeah, but there you know there clearly is something there, especially when you're in high school, or you're in college, and that you know it was it was Spike. Uh, on the one side and faith on the other side, for Very sure. True. Item. And we mentioned the big bad. Seasons of Buffy were defined by the big mm-hmm. bad of that season. The main villain that spent the entire season guiding the main plot and trying to, in essence, slay the slayer. Uh, to me, season five had the best big bad. Glory. Buffy faced ridiculous villains. She faced serious villains. She faced nightmares. She faced fairy tales. 
She even faced her own subconscious and her own mortality twice. Uh, But Glory, more than anything else, actually had the best chance to fully and completely end her, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. She wasn't just another powerful demon. She was actually a god. Yeah, she was a literal god. And uh, again, the big bads were always interesting. They were sometimes way too scary, uh, sometimes way too not scary, like with the trio. Um, But I think Glory was probably the best of the big bads. I my favorite was actually the mayor. The not, mayor was fun. That season that, three, yeah, season three. The mayor, he was my favorite because he was he, you know, he was Mister Rogers, and you know, it, it, and he helped to find faith. Right, right. It, but he he had such a he, you know he was a germaphobe. He you yeah. know all all these you know these weird little quirks. He had little in, 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 uh, idiosyncrasies that yeah. made him more fun. Right, you know, so about manners and everything, so proper. And then uh, you know, then he's this immortal basically that had lived for centuries, yeah. and you know, turns into a, a giant you know demon worm at the end. Um, so he was my favorite, but Glory was really good too. And I and I agree there with Glory. Uh, especially, I think it was about midway through that season when they do the big the big test where the Watchers Council comes in right. from England and, you know, they're all, you know, you thought Giles was prim and proper and then you know, these yeah, guys come in yeah. and, oh you know, God. make Giles look like Johnny Rotten, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they put her through all these tests and then Buffy gets into her big badass moment at the end where she says, you know, comes in, gives the big speech. I don't need you. You need me. Da, 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 da. Right. So tell me what you know. Okay. Glory's yeah. a God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and oh, the, the, yeah, the look on her good. face, and I think was the look <laughs> on all of our faces watching that episode was like, okay, so how do you, how do you beat up a God? Uh, right. How do you, how do you stop this? Yeah. That was definitely, uh, definitely the case. And just, she was, she was such a force of nature that I think that uh, it, it made me, it, it, it kept me watching really really intently during that season to see how she was going to pull this off and it was also it was kind of almost if cordelia had ever become a big bad that's that's kind of what glory was because because she again was this dichotomy of uh, you know kind of the valley girl and and you know obsessed with her fashion and and, a little vulnerable right right and her looks and everything but then she was a literal god who yeah. could, at any point in time, just you know, rip somebody's head out or suck their brain out, as it were. Item. The Fringe characters, in my opinion, really helped to make the show. Cordelia in the early days. Mm-hmm. Oz in the middle period when he was dating... My alarm keeps going off on my phone. Uh, <laughs> Oz in the middle period when he was dating Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, Anya and Faith and Dawn and Tara in the last few seasons. Each of them vitally important to the story, and unlike with the big bads, I find it really difficult to choose a favorite among them. Now, my wife's favorite was Anya, and I kind of have to agree with her a little bit on that, Mm -hmm. because Anya was just so out there. Right. That's Kim's reasoning. Uh, The demon turned mortal, 1,100 years old, but in so many ways, she's so naive. Um, Kim always enjoyed her perspective on any given situation, viewing it from the demon point of view, and especially how she expressed those takes. And I agree. That made her a lot of fun. Yeah. But the fringe characters with the exception of Finn, um, were, always, <laughs> were always a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the whole the Scooby gang, I think Oz was probably my favorite. Yeah, I loved uh, Oz. He, he was so dry all the time. Constantly. I mean, the, you know, all, and, and 
as his character, you know, uh, wore on in, in the series, other characters started calling him out on it. Yeah, and you know, he I, I can't remember what the episode was, but I think it, I think it was probably towards the end of season three. I think there's there's an episode where him and Willow are talking, and and she's you know being Willow and all panicky and, right. and worried, and and she says what. What's the matter? You're you're not even you're you're not worried. You're not panicky. And he says, "What would it help if I started panicking and acting irrationally?" And yeah. well, no, I guess not. But yeah, he was just so just so calm, cool, and collected all the time. It's yeah. like everything just kind of you know just just rolled rolled right off his his furry werewolf back. His his departure from the show was depressing. I really liked him. And it was it, really sad. And, that, it was, yeah. and it wasn't handled that well either. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that you kind of knew was coming just right. because Seth Green, the actor that played him, was becoming a bigger star. He, you know, and done Willow's Oz. character had kind of developed beyond Oz. Right, right. So you had you had those two two things going on. So you kind of knew that eh, he's not going to be on the show forever. So it was, you know, it was really sad, but it was, I think, a good character development for Willow and, and definitely advanced her, her story. But yeah, I, I always missed Oz. Yeah. Oz was solid. Yeah. Now my, my favorite uh, on the, the villain side, my favorite fringe character mm-hmm. was Mr. Trick. Remember oh Mr. Trick? God. He was all, like, he was only in like the first, he, I think he was in like the back half of season two. Mm-hmm. I think he came in maybe, or maybe it was early season three and and he only yeah. made it through like the first half of season three. Yeah, and and then he got bumped off. But he, I, I thought Mr. Trick was great. I, um, man, I do like that the show brought in Dracula. I always thought that was interesting, even though it was for one episode. Yeah. Um, I think I can't really say Drusella because she was one of the big bad. Yeah, but I loved Harmony. Harmony was Harmony so, was great. She was yes. she was the worst vampire ever. Yes, she really was. She, Harmony was great, and she and she was actually even better on Angel when because they brought her over to Angel after uh, after she left Sunnydale. But I, yeah, uh, admission time. I own seasons one, two, and three of Angel. Mm-hmm. I've never watched the show. Really, I've never watched Angel. See, oh, see, that's that was one of the things we were going to talk about in in my uh, well, see, then my it, episode. Then you can you can build it up for me, and yeah. I can finally get into it. Yeah, I even have them inserted where they belong in my DVD collection at <laughs> right. home, so that the next time I roll through Buffy, I'm going to roll through the Angels yes. also. Yeah, but then I have to pick up the last season. But, right, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting how the and, and again the show would not have been the same without the contributions of the fringe characters. You're right, the Scooby Gang as a whole is mm-hmm. what really moved Buffy yeah. forward. Yeah. Well, and that was and that was a big theme of it as well as yeah. they as they started digging deeper into the mythology of the slayer, uh, you know, her her whole power and you saw that in the season 4 finale, they, you know, very blatantly and but throughout the run of the series was her power was not just within her but it was within her group of friends. It's she, like the whole Harry Potter friendship is everything right, right. vibe. Yeah. Item. One last thing. My daughter Emily contributed a question to this that was just too funny not to include, speaking of the fringe characters. Mm-hmm. She said, here's one you can use. Did Dawn ruin the show? <laughs> oh, poor Dawn. <laughs> poor Dawn. First of all, well, let's get your take first. I I would I would agree that yes dawn was really annoying yeah <laughs> especially seasons 5 and 6 I, I oh my god i definitely agree with that yes it's painful being a teenage girl we get it right you know i think 
I think part of that was that was her role. She was supposed yeah. to be annoying. Yeah. Um, I would I would say no. She didn't ruin the show just because season five is one of the best seasons. Agreed. Uh, and Bar and none. and that was the season she was introduced. Mm-hmm. So and when she was introduced, we were all what? <laughs> well, you know what? You know what's funny is that that season. So this is you know I was watching the show as it aired back then, which was before DVRs. Yeah. And so we had a VCR, and that's and if I was out. You know that it have to record it on the on the VHS tape, and so the season five premiere I missed, and mm. I and the it didn't record, and that was the one with Dracula, right? So I missed the 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 first episode of season five. So I tuned in the second episode, and I was thrown off even more because, because suddenly it, Buffy has a sister, right? And so I call. I had one other friend that watched the show, and I called her, and I said. What is going on? Who is this Dawn? Where did she get? What did I miss in, in the first episode? She's like, I don't know. It, so it was it was all Dracula. There was nothing about a sister. So like we were so confused, and that was the brilliance of it. Is yeah. everybody they didn't they didn't explain it until four or five, four or episodes, five episodes in yeah. into that season, and then when they did, you were just like, this is brilliant. Yeah, it was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, but some of the best writing the show ever did. Actually, it's like you know, suddenly here's Dawn. She's her sister, but not really her sister. She's right. built from Buffy. It's just this, and she she fits in with the big bad. And wait till you see how it works out. Yeah. And I mean, it, in my opinion, no, Dawn didn't ruin the show. Um, if for no other reason, because she gave us she she gave us the distraction that was necessary for with everything serious going on in season five. You also had you know, oh, Dawn's in trouble. Must be Tuesday. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, a direct line from the show because that's really what it was like every right. week. Dawn and, getting into stupid trouble to distract us from how heavy everything else yeah. was in the show. I and think she helped carry season five. A, a very meta line because the show aired on Tuesdays. I know, which is great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that Dawn ruined the show. Um, the character got difficult to watch as the latter seasons wrapped up well it got dawn got better by by season seven she was nowhere near as annoying as no, she had she was, been she was a firm character and, by then and there was i don't know if it's in one of the extra features on one of the dvds or, or it was an interview i read or something but they uh joss said that after season five um michelle trachtenberg who played yeah. dawn came to him and said, can you please, can, can I stop being so whiny? Like she knew, she, <laughs> yeah. she knew the character, you know, that's all the character was doing was whiny. She said, I don't want to be whining all the time. Can you, you know, please, you know, help me, help me mature. Let's, let's mature right, right, the character. Right. So Josh said, okay, yes, no problem. And then and he admitted in season six that kind of, he kind of went backwards and Dawn was whining even more <laughs> through the bulk of season six. So finally then by season seven, they, they finally got her to a place where she wasn't, constantly so annoying after the show ended um there were comic books Mm -hmm. for season eight season nine i think they also did season 10 i don't know i didn't buy that far into it but i i own season eight okay in in the comic books and it's interesting it's they've done some weird stuff with the story that they could never have done with the tv show right they've taken buffy in weird directions um but one of the most interesting things for season eight is at the beginning of it dawn has been turned into a giant (laughs) <laughs> and we're all trying like, to find out why like attack of the 50 foot kid sister <laughs> exactly and they're, they're they're feeding her in this the dungeon of this big castle in scotland trying to <laughs> keep her from terrorizing the countryside i mean it's okay it's, it's a whole weird vibe for dawn it's, yeah and it was i remember reading it thinking 
Well, they made her interesting again. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not complaining too much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's she's just one of those characters that just has a weird arc through the series. Yeah. And, and you know, a, a lot of... The, I, I think they did overall, I think they did a really good job with creating the character arcs. Yeah. You know, you know, for Buffy... For for Willow, for Spike, you know, there's there's some really good clear arcs there, but yeah, others are kind of a little, little more zigzaggy. Item before we before we drop this off completely, um, some of your favorite moments in the show. Oh, favorite moments! I'll or, give you a or... second to chew on it. Um, some of mine are graduation where she gets the umbrella. Oh, where yes. the rest of the school acknowledges uh, that, yeah, we're not completely stupid. We know you've been saving our lives for the last three years since you were a sophomore. Right. Hey, yeah. thanks for that. Yeah, at the prom. Yeah. The prom. Yeah, she was named uh, Protector. Um, I loved the gravestone at the end of uh, season five. She yes. saved the world a lot. Yeah. Um, I loved how weird the weapon was in season seven that was like half hatchet, half spike. And Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the, like the ultimate slayer the weapon. The ultimate slayer or weapon. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed the uh, the Aboriginal Slayer that came along at one point. Oh yes, yeah, the first Slayer. Yeah, I um I we you know I'm one of those weird people that I enjoy exposition scenes. Most people hate I do too. Uh, you know exposition scenes. So I always love anytime Giles was giving a speech. I always <laughs> loved it just because Anthony Stewart had is such a great actor, and he just you know he really sold. All this, you know, this demon mumbo jumbo stuff. Um, I really loved. There's a scene in season three. I think it's the. I think it's graduation day part one, mm. where the mayor comes into the library where they're all like the Scooby Gang is all assembled and they're trying. Oh yeah, to, and he just pops in. Right, and he just he just walks in while they're plotting against him. Right, and he said, "Oh, so this is the this is the inner sanctum," and he he just gives this. This evil speech, you know, of just yeah. he just running down everything that he's going to do to them, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Buffy, you know, mouths off to him, and he he has this. The mayor has this great response. Oh, that's a spunky little girl you've raised there. Mm. I'm going to eat her. And Giles just grabbed <laughs> because yeah. Giles and uh, Wesley had been fencing earlier, mm-hmm. so Giles just grabs the the fencing sword and rams it right in the mayor's heart, and the mayor just pulls it out and goes. Now that was rude because by that point <laughs> the the immortality had already had, taken had, place. Had kicked in. So right. it was it was such a great From eating moment. The big box of nasty spiders. Yes, yeah, I mean, it was such a great moment with the you know the, again the mayor how he was so evil but yet so Mister Rogers esque. Yeah. And I loved any time you got a, a little glimpse of Ripper, which was Giles's Giles's his, punk rock persona. Yeah, his you know his pre Watcher days yeah. was when you know you know yeah he was the the British punk badass. I loved any time you got just a little little taste of that. That's another fun villain we didn't talk about. Giles's buddy from oh, England, Ethan Rain. Ethan Rain. Yes, the the candy the candy bar episode. Yeah, the candy That's bar a episode. Great, yeah, band candy. The costume. Uh, the, the costume Halloween. shop. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Rain. What? Yeah, he was only in two three episodes yeah, maybe, but he I, was always fun. But yeah, anytime he popped up, you're like, oh, all right, this is yeah, gonna here be we a good go. episode. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, my friend, for uh, for sitting in. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, we will uh, cross over and continue the conversation on Let Me Ask You a Question. That's the podcast to look for at uh, ondemand.com and at Audioboom. Let Me Ask You a Question. Until then, grr. Arg. This has been Item with Tommy Lee.
podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.